0: Welcome to the PrivateSignings.org podcast. Hello, welcome to PrivateSignings.org podcast. I am Rupvig and I'm joined by my co host, Kit. Hello, Kit.
1: Hey, how are you doing?
0: yeah good good um so these uh little intros that we're gonna give i mean we've got a great interview every episode has a wonderful little interview with um our upcoming signee signee is that right signee signa? yeah signees
1: guests yeah. clients yeah.
0: that's <laughs> it yeah all of the above um when we do these things um you know the the, the guest is going to talk about their characters and stuff but kit and i we just kind of want to I think we're just going to go through some of the stuff, you know, give some, point out some career highlights, characters, and things like that, so you get a nice little flavour of who we're talking about before, uh, before we get into the actual interview itself. So, um, Kit, today, first off, we are talking about the incomparable, in my opinion. I know I'm a little bit biased. uh, Details.
1: Yeah, uh, fantastic guy, and what a career he's he's done things well i mean mm. he's done things so uh yeah really excited uh, that we've uh, had this uh, podcast with him um mm. so yeah it's uh, interesting i mean his career well, god in the 90s wasn't it really um, yeah that's when i remember it kind of kicked for. off um yeah. and i think a lot of people they will remember when they listen to a certain track um <laughs>
0: yeah
1: and I'm sure it'll bring back uh, some memories. Uh, So, yeah, I'll let people go on the site and kind of uh, see the music video and uh, and reminisce
0: yeah so basically um I know we' we're, we're kind of skirting around a bit here, but if you go on to um private dot org um our website and go to uh, the tab which talks about Dee's signing um and it 's where you know all his images and his characters and stuff are uh, in one of our early posts when we first announced him uh we teased uh, to tease him we were sort of <laughs> talking about his uh mu- well we started with his music career because that's kind of really um at least in terms of mainstream, that's where he kind of kicked it all off. And we talk about his career as uh, one of the members of the band, the R&B band m and Um Incredible uh, incredible band. I remember, I, I was about 17, I think, 16, 17, when they came out um, and hit the British uh, music scene. And they were a big deal because really at that point... Um, all we had, and me and my friends, we were big, sort of into R and B and hip hop. Even though it actually wasn't called R and B and hip hop at the time, we used to call it swing, and uh, <laughs> uh, the hip hop. I don't know what we called it. We, there was gangster rap, and you know, it, it was all that kind of stuff. It was Biggie, Tupac, um, uh, and all, you know, all of those other bands and stuff. And then here, out of nowhere, comes a British band yeah. and not a boy band they are a proper swing R&B, you know legitimate band and they're yeah. amazing yeah. they're amazing and and they did make it across uh across the pond if i remember they correctly. did no they did yeah? and i
1: think they toured with many sort of acts and mm. done really well you know at that time and uh, yeah i do recall i think oh god i must have been same, same sort of age yeah and, he, and I remember, I think he just posted something about when he was on uh, one of the Saturday morning interviews which sort of, uh, I think okay. it was with Jenny Powell, who, who used to okay. do Saturday morning and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And like, you know, I think a lot of people of, you know, that age will, will remember, yeah. you know, her doing her thing on, on sort of Saturday mornings or and all that yeah, sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. The nostalgia is strong with that one or two. Um they even opened for Janet Jackson, right? Wow. Uh, yeah. That's a story that yeah. I get. D, every time I see him, I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's like, tell me the Janet Jackson story, Uncle D. Uh, <laughs> and, and, he, and he reminds me about how they toured with her, you know. Because um, I think at one point I accidentally, earlier on, said something like, oh, were not you like a background dancer for her? And he was like, uh, no, man, we opened for her. And I was like, Oh, right, okay. Good grief, okay. So, you know, let's not um, forget that aspect of it, but uh, what collectors, I think, and certainly um, uh, people listening to this show are uh, here for is his acting work. So after the music, he progressed into the um, the acting side of it, and he's done quite a lot of stuff. Again, nostalgia is strong. I th- He did that ad Okay, we're not going to have eight by tens of this, you know, for sale or anything. But I think he did the. Um, remember, he was one of those Nescafe guys. I don't want, to turn, turn, don't want it to turn into an advert for a coffee brand. But um, you know, he, there was that really. That, yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, if they want to pay us, the, yeah, fine. But uh, there was that wonderful ad. I don't know if you remember about maybe. Oh gosh, was it maybe about ten years ago or something? And he's, it's just he's in this white suit. At the that piano, that white piano, in that beautiful apartment, and he's yeah, just sort yeah, of, yeah. you know, you get the impression he's charming uh, yeah. some, you know, svelte lady or, or or dude, I don't know, uh, <laughs> you know, just off a of camera, um, you know, he's he's so he's done a lot of stuff where it's just his, it's just him acting, but um, what I love most, I'm sure, you can agree, Kit, is his Star Wars stuff. And yeah, he's worked with the, the CFX. Yeah. yeah, the CFX team, um, and and it's not just uh, you know he's not uh, not to sort of cast suspicions on on anybody else or to put down what other people have done, but I mean this we're talking about a cast member here. We're talking about roles that he's done where you know he is front and center in the scene, delivering dialogue. I suppose get you know a lot. It's all been a lot of it's been dubbed over later with, uh, by other people like uh, um, Joseph uh, Gordon-Levitt, for example, in TLJ and stuff. But, you know, he's there, the, in the suit, acting away. Yeah, you know, front and center. So w-
1: we start with him I, on Force Awakens. Mm. And, uh, you know, it kind of grows, doesn't he? Like different characters and yeah. different kind of films. But, I mean, he starts in, in such an iconic place, Maz's Castle. Yeah. That's one yeah. of the things that, you know, when you watch, when you, you know, when we first watch Star Wars again after X amount of years, mm. you know, and that scene comes up, you know, it hits a lot of points and it just hits a lot of different areas and yeah, you've seen all these different characters and there's a band in there and you know it's got that kind of feel, you know, so it's yeah, it's cool. Seven-
0: Style, um, that nostalgic again it's going for that nostalgia nostalgia hit isn't it yeah um and and yeah, as you say, it just keeps growing like so in force awakens he's got he's got Cratinus, um, which he paired up with Tom Bell actually as prashi so there're these two uh, i forget the species name actually I always forget the species name these two dudes uh sitting there in maz's castle playing uh, a game of i no, no, playing the back. No, I think they're playing. Is the it Sabak? Yeah, I are think they're they not yeah. Snap. I was hoping uh, it was Snap or Rummy.
1: Uh, <laughs> I don't know I would have thought it's Sabac. Well, I don't know. It could have been something else. Could have been Snap. Yeah,
0: who knows, man? Uh, they're playing some. Anyway, they're playing okay. away, and you know, there's you see them in the scene quite prominently. Uh, even though uh, you know, yeah, the the camera kind of pans reasonably quickly through that. A whole sequence but, but they're there, you know, the camera does sort of land on them and then move on and whatnot. Um there's great behind the scenes stuff as well actually of JJ directing directing them both. Um really great pair. And then from there now correct me if I'm wrong uh Kit, didn't D and Tom Bell again didn't they get paired up again in uh was it was it on Rogue One?
1: Uh on solo
0: on solo okay on solo, yeah okay. um
1: i think i don't know if they had individual names i think they were called gotterite
0: i don't okay. know if that was
1: his name or the, the, the creatures names okay uh, so they the were yeah. yeah i mean they were awful looking characters <laughs> oh jesus <geez, laughs> the bhakti the, uh, things. <laughs> things hanging out <laughs> yeah
0: of whatever right oh yeah. good grief yes
1: um but yeah, I think I think it was. I don't know if they did things together after that, but they were definitely kind of those head two. Up on that one, okay. Yeah, and I know Dee's had quite a few. I think characters on on Last Jedi, but um, yeah, uh, slow and low, and um, there may maybe maybe another as well. Um, and I think on Rogue One, it was the one of the L one droids.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah and uh, and a fun fact uh that L1 was originally going to be, play the K2 part uh that design was originally um touted as being you know the, the 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 K2 um K2SO and then they went a different way basically and ended up using yeah a, bra- a totally different design but you still get this amazing shot in the film when they go to it was on Jeddah, right and uh, you see L1 sort of Having a go at people, or people having a go at him, or whatever, <laughs> and he's doing his best sort of uh droid movements and stuff. It was quite, yeah, very cool. Um,
1: I think after that, it's, it's uh, going to solo. Um, and actually, two iconic kind of roles almost, you know. One was yeah. being part of the Cloud Riders, I think his name there was um,
0: uh, Regineer Teed. It's a... almost like it's an anagram of engineer, isn't it? Yeah engineer d t basically so um yeah which is kind of i've just i've just kind of uh <laughs> put two and two together there so teed is d and then t for his surname tails yeah makes uh, sense sure engineer yeah it is it's a I mean, it, it, know, it's is, it engineer, is it engineer. is yeah oh class okay so he's the engineer of the team then i assume <laughs> <laughs> perhaps the biggest character he did in solo uh was Quay, Quay Tolsite. Tulsite. Well I mistakenly once called Key Tolsite because, you know, I'm so British. But uh I was quickly uh corrected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Quay, uh you know, the Pike Syndicate leader on Kessel. Um amazing design. I love this character design. Uh, so much so that I actually drew him as one of my uh tops I think my tops cards, I think I did a did a sketch card of him. But um superb design. And then he gets the absolute uh hoo-has kicked out of him by Amelia Clark's character, Kira. Um, what a fantastic scene. What, what a fantastic scene. Oh, I can just see D. I just uh, I can just imagine his face inside that giant head, you know, as he's acting away, uh, getting getting beaten up, getting served.
1: Yeah, you know, no, no, that was a fantastic scene. Um, and so many like that kind of area wasn't it loads of droids and just a different take on another location you know it's just they built it really well
0: yeah really dense scene an entire sequence i mean not just the scenes but yeah uh, you know actually it gets quite intimate in that just that little control room with kira and and quay uh you know when she Uses Terrace Cassie on him. A yeah. uh, wicked little Easter egg for those that remember Masters of Terrace Cassie on, uh, was it PS1 or 2 or whatever? I think PS1, actually, back in the 90s. <laughs> Another throwback to the 90s. Pretty cool. Yeah, so like D's done so, so much.
1: Um, so now I think um, you can listen to, to D.
0: Yeah, I'm not in this interview, by the way. Uh, so over to you guys. Hi, D. Um, thank you for joining us.
2: <laughs> How you hey, doing?
0: I, I'm all right, yourself?
2: I'm good. I'm good, man.
1: Good stuff. I'm
2: um, I'm, I'm loving your backdrop.
1: Uh, <laughs> well, th- this will be a podcast. I'm not sure if they'll see it, but just to let everyone else know, it's uh, the Jedi Temple. <laughs> That's right. That's right.
2: I'm already looking around, wondering what lives are taking place down and on on the surface and down below, man. It's wicked. <laughs> I love I love seeing those landscape pictures and everything. <laughs>
1: nice um i'm gonna start with the first question um all right so how did you find your way or your path to star wars oh wow
2: um i had this dream right (laughs) as a kid i had this dream that one day maybe um i don't know i don't even know if i had that it was it was yeah just my my love of star wars at, at, at the time you know and you know like how most people can say oh when i was a kid i wish i was I, I wanted to be Han Solo, I wanted to be Lando. I didn't want to be any of those because they already existed. They were already there on the screen. My mind didn't work like that, right? But when I saw them and they had like rebels with them in, um, on Hoth and, um, in Jedi, I was thinking, oh yeah, maybe I could be a valuable rebel, rebel soldier, you know, a friend, a friend of theirs or something, you know? <laughs> um, and then when they started shooting those prequels, yeah? yeah. And they were shooting those, where were they in Australia, New Zealand? Australia. Australia yeah. Australia?
1: Australia.
2: Yeah. Um, that's when I was like, oh man, I would love to be a stormtrooper. I'd love to be a stormtrooper. You know, um back then when 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 I yeah, when I was willing to do anything. Because I I'm not a fan of a fan of stormtroopers, man. I think, yeah, they're kind of they're, they're too military for me. I want to play a character. But <laughs> but um that's when I was kind of I thought about approaching um them for an audition or a casting and things like that and it was too far you know and the only people that they were casting and they were looking at um were a few people that had done some body of work before and at that point I hadn't really done much and um I thought well there's no way I'm going to be seen for that you know so i sat back and i watched those movies and i enjoyed them and i was glad that they were being shot in australia because then it meant there was absolutely no chance on audition (laughs) you know kind of make yourself feel better about these things um and then yeah that was it and then uh this popped up and i didn't think there was gonna be any chance of of me um taking a look at that you know uh I had done some body of work up until that point and was a much more rounded actor at that point than I was earlier on with the prequels. And um, I I knew a few things were also being shot at the same time. So The Age of Ultron was being shot over Europe and I was thinking, well, there's no way I'm getting in on that. You know what I mean? Um, uh, There's nothing for me on that all right and and then they were filming 24 over here right yeah the sutherland thing they were filming that over here and i didn't get seen for that and i would normally get seen for some of these um transatlantic movies and things like that and i was thinking oh wow yeah it's like yeah if i'm not being seen for these things man especially if Twenty Four's over here and i'm not being at least seen for that um, there's no way I'm getting seen for star Wars. So I didn't even bother approach for the casting and like they were doing open calls and things like that. Yeah. And I didn't even bother because I just thought, I don't know. I just, the vibe to the vibe wasn't there. Um, and with castings, you never know whether it's just the look of someone they're going for or whether they can actually perform and things like that. Yeah. And I thought, Oh, it, nah i don't know I, I just couldn't do it and and i just thought well okay we'll, we'll see what happens in terms of how this comes out in the cinema and whatever and, you know and, and then lo and behold you know um neil Scanlon is about me and then calls me in for a fitting wow. all <laughs> right um and that's just not out of the blue that's because i had been doing panto wow. and in panto um i've been playing um Dick Whittington's cat, Tommy, right. for five years straight. Okay. Yeah, with two years before that, playing the Genie of the Lamp. Right. So I played Tommy the cat, had a cat suit on type thing. Not a skin, not the skin type cat suit. <laughs> <but I'm> like, <laughs> that would just be horrific. But it had like um, uh, dance uh, dance bottoms on, it had fur attached to it, and I had a mane. I had like an afro with these ears and right. nice. had a bit of swagger. And he was a bit like a cross between... Um, donkey and uh yeah and, and the mask in terms of of, of his movement right. i mean i loved it and uh brian herring had seen seen me performing on that because i think he worked on one of those pantos right. and then came to see them subsequently because he knew the director and um when he got attached to uh the force awakens um he called up he just, I think he just opened up his, his his little black book of of people that he knows who are performers and who could wear a suit for for a few minutes or something and be in the background and just say, "Woo, I was in Star Wars," you know. Um, called everybody up for that, and um, lo and behold, I was called in by Neil, um, and it was straight in for a fitting, straight in for a fitting, and at that time it was a fitting to play one of the. I think I, I'm not sure what they're called. I think it's the Husk Wolves. Um Paul Warren could correct me on that. Um cuz he, play, he plays Varmic, um one of the leader wolves on that. Yeah. But originally we were just going to be a gang that were I that's all I knew at that time. We right. were just going to be a gang. Right. And so I was called in and that's where I met Tom Bell, you know, and we were just like, oh, "Okay, and we met um Nathan Plant and and Paul. And we we're all being fitted for these for these um, uh, Wolfie character. I call them Wolfies. <laughs> I should know these things, right? Like wolfies. And um, and then that, that's what we heard. We thought, okay, this is what's happening. And then I got a call about a week later, and they said, Ah, oh, no, we've changed the direction of what we're doing with those walls now. Um, so we're going to see if uh, we can find something else for you. Right. And I was like, Oh, okay but I wasn't holding my breath at any stage that they were going to find something for me. I thought at least I was seen, at least I was seen for Star Wars and I was celebrating. I was just like, Oh my goodness. I got, I walked into the workshop and I'd seen R2 sitting there and, um, I froze for a bit (laughs) and and Justin, Justin Pilecki, he saw me and he says, yeah, yeah, we all do that. (laughs) Um, or he said, I do that. And, um, but yeah, that just, just that environment, just that moment of being there, yeah, yeah. that was just like, whoa. Yeah. And I just thought, well, my career is moving in the right direction. If at least I'm being seen for this, yeah. you know, and then it was about two weeks later, you know, I was called back in, I had no idea what it was for. And, uh, lo and behold, it was me and Tom Bell that were called back in nice. and, um, I I thought he was playing another character or something like that because our parts crossed. We weren't kind of we had no idea what we were doing, right. and so they showed me this creature's head, um, and they said, "Oh, they're going to be oh, they're going to be walking around on their knees um, with shoes on, um, just because they wanted the torso and the length and all that kind of stuff, as opposed to um, calling in um, a little person to do it." Yeah. So um, yeah. uh, so that was fun, and then yeah, it wasn't until. Um, we both turned up for a fitting and they said, oh, no, you two are going to be brothers. Yeah, you're going to be twins. And we were like, oh, awesome, awesome, awesome. And so we looked at our outfits, our outfits were the same and stuff like that. And then um, they brought the head in and it had been a head that I'd seen. And I think I would tried on at one point yeah. and I thought, wow. And just as it got to me, it went past me and went straight to Tom. <laughs> right? So I was like, huh? <laughs> right? And they said, no, no dear, yours is coming. Yours is coming. Like they knew something. And then when it arrived and it had this big grin on its face and I had a big grin on my face, it couldn't have been more perfect, okay, no, you know what no, I mean? No. And, and, and and that's when we started practicing this language that we were gonna communicate because the relationship between the two was very much, um, Tom says something and I find it funny, right. you know? Right. Or he whispers something and I'll find, so it's a little personal in-jokes that we keep having. Right. And um, so we started playing around with the language and we thought, woohoo. And then we were told, okay, right. Um, we'll see you next week, Thursday for the show and tell. So after that fitting, we, we still hadn't gotten the part. We hadn't gotten the gig. Yeah. It was just like, Oh, you've got to go in there. And if they like the look of you, yeah. then, then they'll yeah. have you on the set and yeah. whatever. And I was just like, Oh, so I was back in limbo again, but I was just thinking, wow, I've got to try on this stuff, and I've got to speak with an alien accent and, and talk yeah. there and whatever. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that that uh, show and tell, I'll never forget. And Neil had everybody in the room and had the puppeteers in there and other creatures in there. Yeah. Um, and he said, right, when, when I say creatures come alive, it'll be because JJ's coming and he's coming with all these people, but you're going to have to keep keep up what you're doing. Um, for the whole duration and then um I'll let you know um uh afterwards I'll say creatures creatures stop or creatures cease or something like that. And then um he said that and everyone was like, Yeah, yeah yeah. And then I, I quietly went up to him and I said, Do you really do you want me just to keep laughing? And he said, Yeah. I was like, Okay. <laughs> right. And um yeah, the rest is history, man. It just impressed JJ, impressed Neil. Um, uh, Tom and I had had this chemistry just absolutely natural in these roles uh, that we were performing because we were the, the only two of that species that um, had business, you know, um, like we were going to be doing business, laughing, whether it's in the background or whether it's just walking past or as it turns out in Maz's castle playing a game and swindling um, each other and whoever comes by, you know, it was that in the context of the cantina and all these creatures and droids. And, and then you had, uh, John and Daisy and Mr. Ford, (laughs) you know, step in the room and it was just like, and Lupita was there, you know, and, and she just won the Oscar and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, yeah that's and it was from there that um and and what we did in 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 our performance that i guess inspired neil um to keep bringing us back and giving us more and things like that but but originally um i think it was just um they just needed people for the background and just like just passing by not not having a, a hero moment or anything like that and um just, yeah, the stars aligned for for Tom and I that day, sorry nice. that those few weeks, <laughs> <laughs> but that's how I got in. that's how I got in, but I was already a huge fan, but not and as you can tell, not a fan that knows all the minutia of of some of their names and things like that <laughs> but but just a huge, huge star Wars fan, and anybody who who knows me even years ago would know that i'm a i I'm a huge star wars fan, so um. <laughs> It, it just it was just magical to go from um, not not a chance on a prequel and to assume that there was not a chance on these new movies. Um, it, that, uh, it's amazing.
1: From that, I mean, it got it got bigger for you in terms of you know the next couple of things along. I mean, on on Solo. I mean, how was that for you? What was your experience on Solo? Because you know you got to pay, play this character. In, in the mines, in the Kessel mines. I mean, it's pivotal to the whole film. The mines, you know? I mean, it's such a big thing. And, and your character, uh, Quay. Wholesight, yeah. Holcite. Um, tell us a bit about it.
2: Dude. <laughs> dude, I, wow, man. I, dude, I don't know. No, <laughs> no, no. It's, it's, how do I, how do I explain that? You know? It was just things getting better and me, um, becoming more of a member of the team. Do you know what I mean? And, um, uh, with the team, it doesn't really matter if you're being seen for a second or if you're being seen for 30 seconds, do you know what I mean? Or have a featured part, um, you know, you're all in the same boat and you're all there to help and support each other. Yeah. Um, and, and that family aspect of the CFX department and the visual effects department is just, just beautiful. But for Neil to, um, cast me in some of these things, it's, it's, it's a bit of that Star Wars magic because there's no, he has no reason to know whether I know anything about the Pikes. Yeah. you know, who, um, who appear in the Clone Wars and those animations that we love and stuff like that. You know, I, mean, I had no, you know, it took, it. I had to find out. So I wasn't sure. and It didn't look instantly familiar. Yeah. And then I looked at the design and the development of the design and the reason behind um, him being encased in this thing, you know, due to the poisonous planet and, and his deformities and things. Um, then kind of set me straight as to what I was gonna do. But look, you know, Neil straight after the Force Awakens, Neil wanted me to play K two SO before it was called K two SO. Right. You know, and then that design development moved beyond um a, a, a guy in a droid suit to uh um a combination of of one or two droids to make that CGI character. Yeah. You know, and then you know you you've got to get one of the best voiceover artists in the world to do it you know what i mean yeah. alan Tudyk. and he he it was incredible and and yet to be a part of that process i was still extremely grateful i was just like wow yeah. i got to i got to try on this suit and they made this suit for me and whatever blah, blah. and um it wasn't until i got to the set that they said oh no things have changed <laughs> <laughs> and my face would have dropped if I hadn't followed it up with, but you still need to see me, right? (laughs) And they said, yeah, 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 we still want you in a couple of these scenes. I was like, okay, cool. I was fine. So I went from having, having a part in this movie to having two seconds in this movie, but it's, they're both the same magnitude in terms of how grateful I am to be a part of, of Star Wars. Right. And to be able to have something to contribute that they can see that I can contribute. And um after that going from that to, to solo, it was quite late in the day, you know, um during the first string and first round of production. Um uh, um that yeah, that it was I was then called into the, the black box which is their office and 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 told, Oh, you um you need to come in for a fitting because we've got another character for you. Or whatever and when they say things like that i don't really pry too much cuz i know a lot of it is need to know yeah. <laughs> right and so i find out as as much as i as as they will tell me drawing fittings and approaching fittings and how um and what type of character it is right because it can always change yeah. from its original concept it might get to the set and I say no no we need that character to do this right. and so um it was through the fittings that I found out that, um, uh, he works in the mines so I also. Oh, okay. So he works in the computer. And so I just thought, oh, okay, he's milling about, he's someone who does that kind of stuff. And, uh, then the next piece of information that came through was, um, uh, you need to meet with Andrew Jack, the late Andrew Jack that we lost. And we love so much. Um, and I was thrilled because Andrew and I were mates, right? So instead of just hanging there chatting on the set most of the time, we could actually work, <laughs> right? we we'll work together, shall I say. And, um, yeah, so we started creating this language and stuff, and I still wasn't quite sure, you know, how much of this language I was going to be needed to speak, whether it's just background or noise or whatever. Yeah. And then... Um, it was probably with one of the, during one of the last fittings, um, I was told, no, 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 he runs the mines. All right. I'm like, really? Oh, uh, so, oh, oh, so he runs. The, okay. Right. So it it took a while to, to sink in, but it, it still doesn't mean anything in regards to um, how much of me you're going to see. Yeah. Because he could be just standing there as, as the guy pointed his finger and, yeah. and they walk past and, That's the scene. And um that's when um uh I was advised to go and speak to Jake Jake um about (laughs) about his design. Right, Jake Lund. Babies. And um and that's when that's when he started explaining to me this and he's a pike and he's this and he's that and, and whatever. And I'm like, Oh, I know the pikes. Oh, okay. And and then that's when when I was starting to get have some rehearsals or whatever, I was I got to hang with, with some of the most amazing guys. I got to hang with the the puppeteering crew or android operators or whatever that were going to be in that room, and um, some of them were even saying. No, who's this character? What, what what is this about? Or whatever. Someone says he's he's part of the canon or something or whatever. And then that's when I went into like a full geek mode like, Oh yeah, he's a pike <laughs> right? <laughs> because by then I kind of knew. I knew where I was going right. and I had a second I kind of had a a, a second a heightened sense, sixth sense about um how the scene was gonna go, um based on um, the amount of dialogue and the number of scenes. So I knew it was going to be a quick process and, um, like a heist, which it was, right? Yes. Yeah. And, um, yeah, putting on that costume. Well, but even before that costume, um, being called in, um, uh, by, um, Chris Miller and, um, who's the other guy? Um, Oh, Chris and Phil, yeah. yeah, Chris and Phil. I was called in by Phil sure Lord. Oh, I love him. How could I forget his name? And um, and they called me in for a rehearsal, and the cast were there. Right. So I'm standing there, and um, Woody Harrelson's there, and Phoebe's there, and Amelia's there, and I'm stood there, <laughs> right? And the directors are stood there, and I'm already like, okay, so this is happening. All right, uh, you know and and um, I think there's a photo in that solo book of us standing there <laughs> in black really, and white really
1: nice picture as well, yeah yeah, was,
2: like, a double spread and, uh, yeah. uh, and, and Phil, Phil was being, being hilarious, and I, I, I love those guys so much, and um yeah, then we did the walk through rehearsal and the walkthrough rehearsal, and the whole set kind of stops to see what's what's going on, see where they're going to navigate around or see what space. The actors are utilizing, and so um, yeah, without second thought, you know, I just went into the language of Quay and just walked into the room and started doing this, and um, uh, was being directed by the directors, and and then Phoebe was decoding what it was I was saying and just going through the motions, and I'm just like, okay, and this is and and it's just it's just brightly lit, so we know what we're doing and where our marks are and all this kind of stuff and then um yeah and then it was wearing the costume doing it and then and then things changed you know things changed and and ron howard stepped in and man i love ron howard too it's just like i'm just like wow does anybody else get to have this experience mm-hmm. where working with one set of directors, then another set, and they just, they just keep getting better. And um I was in complete war of of Ron and even more so with his mastery around the set and knowing what he was wanting to shoot and lining it up. And just, it was, it just, it was just beautiful. Um And we got to shoot that scene again.
1: Right you know
2: you know and it was you know and then hanging with 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 everybody and 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 being in that environment because it was quite a closed little set yeah. because the you got to imagine the computer room is one set yeah. then the mines are that you see them working in and me walking yeah. down are another set yeah yeah um before you even get to the set that's outside on the lot right um but it was uh Wow. Yeah. It's it, it just, you know, when it, when you think about the journey and you think about, I think about how grateful I was in and of that moment, Yeah, you know, um, but enough to put it to one side because yeah. I have to deliver this thing and I have to do it the way that I know Star Wars wants it. Yeah. And it's and and most of us know that instinctively because we know Star Wars. Yeah. So we just go into it. And um, not oh, for the audience, not everything you see us do on the screen is specifically scripted. Yeah. It's like they'll put you in a spot and then you find business to do. Right. Yeah. If if they then think, oh, we could have you over here, whatever. You're literally creating um, or you're um, uh, kind of basing yourself in this world, um, rooting yourself into this world just to operate. And it's how you know, and how you've seen it, whether it's animation or in live action, you know what Star Wars is, and then they can tweak that, um, and that's generally what we do as creatures, yeah. Um, so uh, to be able to to add what I knew of the pikes in terms of movement um, and interaction with with uh, Emilia and the cast, and it fit and. There wasn't a, a no, don't do that, Dee. No, that's not wrong or anything like that. And you just know it's like one continual kind of wave you're riding and you're sharing this with this cast and you're sharing this with the crew on set as they operate and how they mingle in and make those scenes um, more grounded um, and beautiful. You know, I it was heaven to be on a set with just nothing but droids. It was just awesome. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, you got to do another thing on solo as well, didn't you? And and this was quite cool because, you know, apart from the pikes, you, you know, you're also a cloud rider. Um, <laughs> so, I, mean, yeah. I, I don't ugly. know what
2: it is. I keep finding about out about these things like very late in the day. It's almost like, yeah, wait till we drop this on D. He'll love this. You know, I don't know if that's what they're doing, but that, but, but that's what happened because. I heard from Stephanie about this gang of cloud riders and stuff like that, and they they're going to Spain, and I was just like, "Oh wow, that's so great! That's you, just this brilliant." Is a, <laughs> this is the Canary
1: Islands, wasn't
2: it? Is yeah, it? Yeah. yeah so so i'm i'm just like i'm just like i'm I'm being as happy as i can be for her because it's just like oh wow she has to be in a gang oh no and they're doing all this stuff and they're oh oh great and they're having to go to Fort adventure oh great yeah that's brilliant <laughs> and and i'm just like and and genuinely i can be like that because i'm like well these this little moment that i'm having you know that's great and it's just like that's another little moment they're having. And, and you kind of, you kind of just step back and you're just like, oh wow, I can't wait to see that. And then, um, a character that I was playing, a guy called Regineer Teed, he was, um, uh, he was like, um, what do you call that? Um, in Corellia, the spaceport, he was like spaceport crew. Right. Yeah. In a red suit and, right. um, carrying um big boxes around that's probably to do with fueling um these Karelian ships and all this type of stuff or whatever. And um that's what he was gonna be. That's what he was gonna do. As far as I knew. Um, and then i get I get another call and say, oh yeah, yeah, we've got to fit in, yeah, you want yeah, we want you to be a part of this gang. And I'm like, oh <laughs> play it cool D, play it cool. Okay, really? What's what yeah, what what's this gang do then? Where do they have to travel? Where <laughs> you know what I mean? And um uh I got went into fittings and um they showed me the head, I was like, Oh, that's the dude I'm playing in the spaceport and it says, Yeah, 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 he turns up in savory. I'm like, Oh, so he's part of the gang. It's like, yeah. I was like, Oh, so then he got another fitting. Right? So I, I don't even know if I could, I've even spotted him in slow motion watching solo in the spaceport. But, um, any of those red suited like, um, flight suits, um, that you see wandering about, it was that kind of suit that I had, right. um, with a, with a little helmet thing on the top. And this time I was given these desert clothes to wear and this, um, crimson, um, color band to wear around, um, my my ankles around the boots i was given a blaster um and on top of my mask i was given another mask (laughs) right and i'm like hang on a second i'm wearing two masks here right and we're going where Spain. okay what's the bit of the like in Spain? (laughs) you know because um i kind of knew i was going to need to breathe right um and this is before knowing anything about the setup and what we were going to need to do or anything like that. And I just, um, had an additional adjustment made to that costume because, um, uh, I wanted to be able to breathe in that head and I wanted to be able to wear that head for quite some time without having to fuss around because it can take a while sometimes to take these heads on and off. But as long as you've got an airflow coming in, yeah, you should be fine. And so I had like a snorkel tube put in and um, a, a fat snorkel tube put in mm-hmm. um, that came, that went from my mouth um, out of the uh, mask and over my back. Yes. And hidden by the cape. Yeah. So, so so I'm there like, <sighs> so I can, I can, I can breathe. And I was like, Hey, this is awesome. Yeah. Cause when you're doing that, it means you're not steaming up the eyes inside. Yeah. So the little holes you have to look through, you know um become a little bit easier to deal with so i'm like oh i'm getting the hang of this i'm liking this you know and then um when it came to wearing the mask on top of that um bless the f- press vanessa um they created a fabrication head which was just a shell like um and just had holes in it just and it was just an outline and shape of the, of the original head which we could then put this other um head on top which looks like an onion yeah so if you look in those pictures that for for a the, a guy call, with an onion head yeah. um that's likely to be me under that mm-hmm. um and um and that too because it was made out of this certain loose kind of linen um the breeze could go straight through it and stuff like that and it was right. beautiful you know um despite the heat yeah. and um yeah it turned into one of those shoots where um, it was going to be more interesting to shoot um, through broken cloud because there was so much wind. It was, like, so windy. Apparently, they have, like, massive kite competitions or something down in Fort Ventura because they, of this wind.
1: No, they also have the uh, windsurfing championships out there, I think. Um, At the championships and all this sort of stuff.
2: <laughs> yeah. But dude, win. So when you see Chewie's hair flowing and he stood there with Han, for me, I'm like, oh my goodness, Chewie looks so cool. That's how Chewie looks, man. That's just, you know, because I remember his hair flowing a little bit in Return of the Jedi, you know, um, and, um, I just thought it was so cool. But we had that to contend with, uh, which wasn't too bad. I kept my head on most of the time. Um, the heat when it did get hot um and uh it was just extremely extremely bright you know i'm sure i'm sure I did more damage to my eyes <laughs> but um yeah, and then, and then we got to shoot the blasters <laughs> you know um i don't think i don't think i'm in shot, I think I'm just out of shot in a trailer i don't think it's in the film, but when um emphis nest um are taking out um Oh uh Dryden Voss's crew Wow, I had to almost I'm like struggling to remember his name like Dryden Voss's crew, like when that happens, we were there shooting as well, right. but I'm not sure how much of it we saw, right. but I know I got to shoot a blaster right. <laughs> but to be part of that gang, um you can see why I have so much to be grateful for because they surprised me with these things that very last minute, you know, like I think I'm done. And then it's just like, oh, And um, one more thing we just need you to do. And it's just like, well, of course, you know, and then it turns out to be something really, really great. Um, Yeah, so.
1: Well, you've had fantastic, amazing. loads of fantastic scenes and you've had, you know, loads of standout moments, it sounds like. And, you know, have you shared... I mean you talked about Tom Bell and you worked with him a couple of times on different things within the stuff Star- Yeah PC. yeah
2: they um they teamed us up for um solo again to pay just just as a little nod and in and and one of these kind of um uh in 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 jokes or in nods for the, for the crew cuz they know it's us too, and we're playing another two laughing characters, but this time they're a little bit more inebriated, right. being in a bar, yeah. and they're a hell of a lot more uglier mm-hmm. than 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 the cute little Obdurians we were before. The, these are gotterites, um, you know, like moles. Right. You see? Yeah. <laughs> saying that I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> but, but we're like what, this, this this mole characters in our in our spacesuits with guns on our hips and yeah. things like that. And um we did exactly the same thing all all around that bar, everywhere they placed us, you know. Um and uh they placed us at the bar, they placed us sat down together, um, then they placed us watching the fight, which ended up in the film, then they watched us watching the game, which ended up in the film. Um But when I team up with Tom, everything you know, we had never worked before, you know. Um before the force awakens right. and everyone thought that we had because of the chemistry um and that love and understanding of star wars and if he's going to jump in you know um 100% with um uh, with the language um I'm going to jump in 100% alongside with him you know and i think you know in terms of working with working with people it's like everything's been beautiful, even in scenes that I haven't been working with, with, with somebody, you know, like my best scene, um, in, um, solo is at that gambling table where, um, six eyes, um, worn by Derek Arnold is where is, is, is cheating and looking at Hans cards. And then, and then Han catches him and he turns his eyes back. Now, I don't know if you were there that day watching the monitor, but, that wasn't technically pre-rehearsed before we did it. They wanted to have the ability that it could cheat and stuff like that. Yeah. But the way that they did it, it was Matt Denton and I think it was Andrew, Andrew Coombs, I, I think.
1: Was, I was there on a, one of the show and tells. Um, I, I'm not sure. Is that the one that you're talking about? The It's quite early. I think it was the first show and tell on that, on, on the gambling table.
2: Um, Yes, 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 yes. yes. Right. Yeah, in that. Oh, you're talking about the yes. rehearsal. Yes, yeah, he was yeah. there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But in in on the set when they did it, we were stood there watching the monitor, and um, I think it was Phil or Chris um, saying, "All right, now look down," and Han catch him, and I look up, and and you're watching it, and that happened, and it was a matter of one or two takes, and it was Scott. and I'm just. And I'm like, this is what it means to work on Star Wars. These people are so beautiful and so unassuming. And yet what they're giving to an audience on the screen, you know, in this Star Wars universe is absolute gold. And just because I stood there and I watched that happen out of nothing or seemingly out of nothing, um, it's my most favorite part in that movie, you know. Um, And That's why work when you, when I'm working with, with Tom, there is a synchronicity that just happens. And it just, that's, that's my best experience finding, um, someone that I'm paired up with who, um, matches me move for move. Um, I'm matching move for move. We're so in sync, um, that it's, that it just works. And it's just such a supportive, Um, connection too, because we know what each other's going through inside that suit. (laughs) Yeah. We know, we know whether it's um, a lack of air. We know whether it's getting too hot. We know how long it's been, you know. And it's funny because I could be stood at the bar with Tom and he could be hunched over and he'd be like just catching his breath, you know. And the most unassuming extra could walk in and he switches it on just to make their day. And it's just, dude it's it's what Star Wars is about you know but that's that those those are like golden moments for me but there are so many yeah. so many that I've seen um and witnessed or even been a part of but it's just yeah things like that I'm
1: um, I'm so glad we're doing your your signing you know we're doing your private signing and uh you played so many characters and um you know you're supporting a charity uh which charity are you supporting
2: um support dogs you know um look I don't know what I don't know what it is right and I, I might have to blame Instagram for it um but I even though I've been aware of it before that but just the like I love I love it when you've seen people rescuing these animals and saving these animals helping these animals out and things like that um and you know that love is there but when I catch an image of someone who's autistic having a problem or someone with a disability, and, um, that dog instinctively goes up to them to interrupt their train of thought, just, just to show them some love and, and, and break them out of that mental cycle. Um, as well as, you know, being able to help, help them around the house or, or, or in their daily lives and whatever. I find it so moving. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, it, it you know, it gets my heart every single time and I don't have a dog. You know, I said to my mum once, shall we get a dog? She said, why are you moving out? You know? <laughs> and that was years and years and years ago. Now it's like, I don't, I, I don't even know if I could have the time. Well, under lockdown, I've got plenty of time, <laughs> but, um, but, uh, you know, I, you know, I love dogs. I love cats. I love, I love most animals and things like that, but just, that unconditional love that a dog can bring to help, you know. Yeah. Um, and I know it's mirrored in the, the unconditional love that animal lovers have, yeah. you know, um, whether they're saving, saving, rescuing, or, or even welcoming, um, a new, ha- new, um, animal pet into their home, you know, I'm a new family member, should I say. But, um, yeah, that's why, that's why, um, that's my charity because any any charity that kind of does that and and can help support people who really need it and uh, all they're getting you know all they're really getting is love from from these animals yeah. you know and and it just makes it just breaks my heart that they're not getting enough love in the world that they they um, are participating in from yeah. from the same species yeah. you know um, and yet it's not always the same. The love that an animal can give you, you know, it's just, it's just beautiful. Like, I'm just like thinking about it now. It's just like, <laughs> oh, wow, it's just amazing.
1: No, absolutely. But that's why. That's no, why. It's fantastic, fantastic cause. And I'm so happy that we're doing this. Um, and thank you for your time. It's been fantastic listening to your stories.
2: <laughs> yeah, dude.
1: But yeah, we would have to
2: do this again. No, we could, I could talk for days. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you very, very much. And, and to all the listeners out there, may your the force be with you, man, and keep Star Wars alive. Peace.